This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. I'm Brian Tetta, executive producer of The View. It's Monday and I'm here with Sarah Haynes. This is Behind the Table. How you doing, Sarah? Hello, Brian. How was your weekend? It was good. We had um we actually had Sandra's sixth birthday party. Oh, that's exciting. That's so cute. I can't believe she's six already. What'd you guys do? So we had um she wanted to do it at home. Mm-hmm. And so we had uh, a music teacher from the school come over and I actually found this face painter. And but this was definitely the last party at home. It was big. Yeah. And tell me what big is. How many people are we talking? Well, about? like without the adults, it was like 17 kids, mm-hmm. 16 kids. And when then you add some siblings and adults and it was awesome. But I do believe that last year was perfect and kind of calm. This year had the energy of like it just amped up. And I thought we need to outsource. We need to go somewhere else. It was so fun, but a lot. So you had a music teacher and face painter. It doesn't seem like there's a coherent theme. Did... No. So she likes a carnival theme. So oh, okay. the music teacher last year plays, he plays all this awesome songs and the kids like they love Mr. Brian. So they're like, oh, his name is Mr. Mr. Brian, Brian, but I give him the respect of Mr. Brian. Yeah. But Mr. Brian, so they sing and dance, and it's so sweet the way he gets them all going. But I even said to him at the end, what a difference one year makes, because it was similar kids, but there, you know, there were more boys. And as boys get older, that the energy with my boys, it was like a football game, and things were flying, and I was like, okay, so six is we're done here. <laughs> There's definitely a boy energy. I mean, I have daughters and they're exhausting and it's yeah. more of a thinking man's exhausting. It's stories and talking, talking and, and looking I at artwork yeah. and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But then whenever we have boys over, it's just I, I step it back and, and just am really in awe of the parents that uh, can can do that because it's it's exhausting it's so exhausting and, and awful awfully destructive yeah well and also mr brian's performing so i tried to teach the boys i called my boys over specifically mm-hmm. alec because caleb i can't get through to and i said alec mr brian who he also knows from school is performing and you need to sit down and then i thought there are some guest boys here and they're all having fun so i just then compromised and said the football needs to stay on the other half you cannot throw the ball towards the stage of little girls with mr brian performing like all right. Well, it sounds exciting. Um, and I look forward to hearing about next year. All right. So, <laughs> so it was really sweet. And we had sweet. a cookie cake because she didn't realize you could do a cake out of a full yeah. cookie. So I drove 30 minutes each way to get her a cookie cake. It sounds lovely. The thing is, these podcasts have to start strong. You know, you have to come out of the gate with something funny or like I thought maybe that we, you know, maybe it would go somewhere and it didn't really. But that's OK. Guys, we're he talk comes about in moody weekend. like joy on a Monday. So can we not give me the Monday slot, please? Listen, we're going to keep moving here and <laughs> let's talk about the adult thing you did this weekend. You and Alyssa went to go oh, see Mean Girls. Yes. So um, Alyssa, myself and then our producers, Vicky and Carly and Vicky and I go way back. At the show here and Mean Girls. Yes. We love Mean Girls, the original movie. We went to the Broadway musical and cut our shirts like Regina George in PE class. Mm-hmm. Um, 
we that was bold. But uh, then this movie comes out, and of course, I had to go with Vicky. Alyssa and Carly, we've been meaning to all hang out, so we thought, let's do Mean Girls. We had so much fun, but what I realized is there's a way to go to the movies. There are those of us who go and have to have movie popcorn and Diet Cokes. And then there are people that say they're that person, but they aren't. And that's Alyssa and Carly. So I'm sitting next to Alyssa and I get so excited for the popcorn. I'm like, I thought I was dainty eating my popcorn, but I now realize (laughs) I'm not. Vicky and I are looking back and forth and we're eating. I look over and like Carly and Alyssa are sitting there with their feet up and a kernel here, kernel here. I am literally... My face is buried in my bag. I'm at the bottom before the previews end. I'm ready for a refill. Alyssa never finished her popcorn, and I'm judging her for it. Sure. Are you, are you watching her more than the movie, it seems well, like? Well, when I realized she wasn't eating, and I'm like, why are you wasting that good bag of popcorn? And then she didn't take her it with her. Like, that's movie popcorn. It's like gold. Yeah. We used to have a colleague that would come get movie popcorn in the middle of the day. Like, so... I just felt like in that moment we were all into the movie and it was so fun to be there. But when I looked at the dainty ladies to the left, I was like, I just learned something new and I don't know how I feel about it. The only only job I ever had that wasn't working in television or uh, anything related to television was I worked in a movie theater for years in high school. Just to go to movies. Just to go to movies. And then uh, the best relationship was I dated a concession worker. So that was fantastic. Did she hook you up? She hooked me up. Eventually, I got fired for eating nachos I hadn't paid for. But it was a uh, terrific benefit of the relationship. Was Did that... you ever put raisinets in your popcorn? Raisinets in my popcorn? No, oh, I'm my not God. a raisinets guy. No, you don't have to be because raisinets in your popcorn is a totally different game. You literally pour it in and shake it, and it is it melts into hot chocolate clumps and salt. No. It is delectable. Um, you strike you... me more as a goober. No, is that the peanuts in there? I'm just insulting you. Um, all right. So <laughs> the first story you told reminded me of something. You've told me you've been listening to old episodes of you on the podcast recently in what I thought was an attempt to, you know, bring up your game. What are your takeaways so far? One, I heard that, too. Um, so I want to listen to it as a supporter of the show because I also found out that everyone's dropping some important information in these podcasts and I need to be in the know. Because I don't know if anyone's talking about me or saying anything and if I need to correct any stories that are being repeated. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh, so I, you're not just listening to your own episodes. Right now I am. But I'm coming. So I'm going backwards through my own, mm-hmm. like the most recent, all the way back to the beginning and then coming forward through everyone's. But I interrupt you a lot. And I don't want to apologize on a day you're being so snarky. But if I'm being honest and I don't let my emotions lead the way. I felt like Max, I'm glad Max doesn't listen because he'd be like, do you hear yourself? You keep interrupting. You're not even listening. I'm not aware of that at all. Okay. I cut, go re-listen to the Mm -hmm. podcast. You're starting to say something and I'm like, oh my God. I I know that's my energy, but I'm working on it. Are you enjoying going back? Are you? Oh, uh, it's really fun. But then I also forgot that other people might be listening to these because I re-listened to the Anna dog competition one. Yes. I know she has not forgotten that, but as I listened, I thought I definitely felt that this little box we're in here was like a safe space where in my mind, it's like those confessionals in reality TV when you're like, do they not know that people are going to see that? I forgot that hosts listen to the show. You'll feel better when you hear Anna's version of that. She's quite merciless. So I, I think it's okay. You won't feel guilty about oh, it. Oh, so there's a version I do need to hear. Yeah, yeah. But why, uh... why wait for the podcast? She does that in person. <laughs> she just did it again today. <laughs> she did. 
That's okay. Um, all right. So last week on the show, let's get down to business. Here. Yeah. Last hey. week on the show, we talked about how two Madonna fans are suing her for performing over two hours late at her concert. This made national news, your your take on it, and uh, you wanted to clear some stuff up that you said. So I feel I always need to clear things up when I speak about amazing superstars because when people hear the story, they only hear that superstar's name. And if you are not praising that superstar, then you are dead to them. So I am very punctual and I believe in being on time. And I think people that are serial offenders of this are being disrespectful. I was raised to consider other people's time as valuable as mine. And it doesn't matter where you're at in life. If, it, you know, if you're a superstar at a concert or otherwise, people can be late sometimes. But I had heard and read on this story how people will wait for hours. And a lot of my people I know, firsthand stories of people that had to leave the concert before Madonna ever went on. And this is not shading just Madonna. Anyone who disregards other people's time, if you know you're going on at a certain time, put that on the ticket. So now I got a lot of flack from some online, I don't even want to say trolls because they made arguments. They weren't about what I was saying, but they made Decent. They didn't swear at me is what I'm saying. So they mm -hmm. weren't total trolls. They were writing things, but they pretty much told me I'm now anti-LGBTQ plus <laughs> because I and that was a repeated theme. Really? Yeah. Paragraph after paragraph coming down to if you knew what she did for our community, you would never say such a thing. And that's the problem with the world we live in right now. All of those things have nothing to do with being late. You can be Mother Teresa. And I would put her down for the same reason if she disrespected other people's time because I hold myself to that standard. But the fact that it became a theme that if I clearly must not understand all the good work she does on the side, that if you have to pay for a hundred dollar ticket and wait for two hours, you're just going to do that. And I thought, oh, wow. I wrote back to one of these people and I just said, hey, it's a sticking point for me. I was raised this way. I take it very seriously. Insert any name. It's not just Madonna. The response back was, so you read nothing I wrote. And I was like, well, first, dude, you wrote like a three-chapter book on this topic, and you're not changing my mind. I, I do think there's a certain amount of it that's baked into when you're a star at that level. It's almost it's almost like you're you're the longer you can keep the audience waiting, the bigger of a star you are. I think there's like an ego thing involved in it to a certain extent. That's but, sad, though, because that only works when you starve people and then feed them your cooking. And they're like, this is delicious because I was so hungry. That's fine. Mm -hmm. When it comes to concerts and things, and I understand opening acts. I'm not talking about programmed waiting, you know, but the DJ for two hours, that's not even that's a DJ. I always go online beforehand and look at the previous like five concerts and see what time they walked out. Yeah. Um, usually because I want to skip the opening act or or get there late. But no, it's definitely I would have assumed she'd show up late. I think suing is a bit of a, a I don't stretch. think it needs a yeah. suing. I yeah. just mean I was making more a principled statement that disrespecting other people's time is not okay. I've had this beef with my sister for a lifetime. Every family has a couple punctual kids and a couple anti-punctual kids. <laughs> you were the first person in the office every day uh, host-wise. I will say that. Every morning you were in there before anybody else sets foot to the point where we say like, which hosts are in yet to start the meeting, and we don't even mention your name because we just I assume the that you're there. I turn lights on in this building. Yeah. I literally walk in and turn lights on. It, it. I don't. I also don't believe there's an argument to be made that coming early is smart because then you're investing so much time. But I like to be on the early side to be ready 
Because when I have a time and someone says, this is a time, I'm assuming other people are going to aim for that time. And that's a respect thing. All right. So to clear this up, you have nothing against Madonna personally. No. Big fan. We all are. But But I don't go to concerts. I'm not the right. Right. I'm not the right audience for this. Yes. I love Like a Virgin and all the other songs. Okay. But bottom line, you think whoever it is. They should need to not make people wait around. And it's really about the punctuality for you. It's that. And I think that when you talked about the ego part, I think there are people in this world that are start to drink their own Kool-Aid and believe there's something very special when it, one of the biggest lessons hammered into me my whole life is keep your feet on the ground. And I think it's a it's a something that when you're 110 dying on the pillow, you'll the wisdom will be like, duh, of course we were all the same, you know, but I think it's just lost on people that actually start to believe in the earthly temptations of money and fame. And it's, so it's, it's, it's a kind of annoying thing to me. Okay. So to be clear, it's less that you wanted to clear something up and more that you wanted to double down. So what I wanted to do was I wanted to shade the kind of trolls that messaged me, but then also remind people, this isn't about being a fan. It's, and it doesn't matter I am doubling down because yes. I do think it's it's a topic that people break on. Either you're the person that's on time or you're late all the time. All right. Well, now we have a title for the podcast. Sarah Haynes doubles down on her Madonna <laughs> criticism, which is good. Okay, we'll be right back. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. Someone who we all love, Jamie Lee Curtis, was on the show today. Yes. Now, she has become known for being a hype woman for her friends. It was that viral clip of her supporting Michelle Yeoh. Do you have a hype woman in your life? Absolutely. Who do we got? My best friend, Erin Grau, is the hypest of hype women ever. Um, She's someone that is so exceptional. And when I met her, she was an intern and I was in my first year in a job. And I remember I used to rave about her because she graduated number one in her class. She went from she's always the young one in the room that like is running the meetings and everything else. And she to me is just brilliance incarnate from how she is as a mother to how she is at work. But whenever I talk about her, she's like, Sarah, it makes me nervous when you do this. Like I try to hype her. Yeah. 
she hypes me to levels I cannot even explain at my own wedding. My mom was a lot. I think we've referenced my wedding before on this podcast. And Aaron, who doesn't drink, started drinking and started bringing me drinks. And her hives were up her neck because she did not want anyone to make me feel anything other than magical on my wedding day. They call her the MVP of my wedding because she was literally, she didn't tell me about her pregnancy until I locked in my wedding date because she didn't want me to move it for her. She said, I was coming regardless. Like if I had to have labor in the Bahamas, I would have done it. Like I would be there for you. She waited to tell me. She has her baby. She's still breastfeeding. It's her first child with all the nerves of her first time mom. And she is carried out of my wedding on her back. As she's like, I love you, Sarah. Her <laughs> husband's like, she came back and had to pump all of that milk. And she was leaking. She's like on the floor. She was, I, I can't even describe. And this is how she's been. She is a front row at any award I've ever gotten. She gets emotional. She writes me cards. The first card she ever wrote me was, I know it was the places you'll go, Dr. Seuss. Yeah. And she wrote a card that I still have. This is 2002. Saying, I... Can't tell you where you're headed, but I know it's going to be amazing, and I will be there cheering you on every step of the way. And she has literally been there every step of the way. Oh, that's great. She's, like, the most brilliant. She would ugly scream just like Jamie Lee Curtis for me. That's great. That's great. No, I I, uh, I love Jamie Lee, and the energy she brings is always— Oh, she's— Unbelievable and over the top, but she's so smart and— um, Wise. Yeah. She's wise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I love having her on. She's one of my favorite And I guests. bet she wouldn't be late to a concert. Definitely not. She also talked about how women are conditioned to think that they have to compete with each other. Do you feel that? I mean, this is on our show. We're kind of, you know, you guys are built from the ground up to be different perspectives and a little adversarial in some ways. But there's also a camaraderie. Do you feel like women are conditioned to think they have to compete with each other in general? So I understand the point she's making, and I don't think she's wrong. To give context, I raised I was raised in a more female family Mm -hmm. and adore my sisters and everything else. I also went to a women's school where it was all about lifting people up. I was a female athlete on teams where we were cheering each other on. And in TV, in morning news, and then I I don't know if this is still considered morning news, but in all these shows, there's a lot of female influence behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. Um, When you look at all of that, I don't inherently feel I'm competing with other women. Interestingly, though, the two hurdles I ran up against in my long career where I found people were set trying to push back for no reason other than to push back were women. That's interesting. So I, I find I, it's a meaty topic that you can really dig into. My experiences have I never have felt that way directly about women. I usually see them as allies wherever I am because they get you in a way. Yeah. No. And I think uh, at, at its core, it's funny. You guys kind of go back and forth. But if anyone comes for from the outside for any of you. I think it's like a family here where you guys lock arms and have each other's backs. Oh, hell no. It's like taking your earrings off and you go after them. Like Mm -hmm. it is like I can talk about my family. You can't talk about my family. Exactly. Um, All right. Well, listen, we have, you remember last week we were talking about our new hotline that we have. Oh yeah. We have a listener question for (gasps) you this week. I'm so excited. Let's listen. Okay. Hello. My name is Chris. I am from Michigan. I'm 28 years old. I need some advice on a relationship that I can potentially get back in. We broke up in the summer. About a week ago, my ex and I met for coffee. We really found the basis of, the basis of our problem really was a communication issue. 
I'm super close with my family. They are not a fan of him anymore. I just don't know if I should take a chance on this relationship again or if I should just let the past be the past. Okay. Hi, Chris from Michigan. Um, So this can be uh, tricky in a few ways. I think ultimately this is a decision that Chris has to make for himself because I, in my own marriage, when I have an issue with Max, I go to my hype woman, Erin, or my therapist. I have a really hard and fast rule that I will not go to my family. And that's because over the years of dating, when there were red flag type people, they were also good at spotting those. But sometimes, Chris, you're their family member. You're their son, their brother. Their, they will defend you at all costs. That's what we were just talking about. Right. So anyone that has hurt you, which will happen in relationships, they are dead to them. I do believe you can reinvigorate this relationship if their reasonings are not more like, you know, he's not right for you in these 10 ways. Like they might have a point, but without knowing the color they add to this, I would say you've got to do what's right for you because you could resent them later. Otherwise, I had one boyfriend that actually still to this day had an issue with his family over how they handled our relationship. We did not end up together, and he resents his family. So I would just go ahead and always start with what it does for you. And if you need to have a conversation with your family of, like, I appreciate all your feedback. I know he hurt me. I'm giving it a chance. I need your support. A couple things. First of all, I'm glad you extrapolated because you started that by saying this is a question you have to answer for yourself, in which case that's the worst advice ever when someone calls in and asks you a question. (laughs) I mean, we could just run through all of it. Yeah, but if you're still you there, Chris from Michigan, yeah. let's just go. That's good. How much of an impact does your family's opinion have on you in general? I feel like mine has an oversized one. So, one, it does. My family's feedback on me matters. But remember, that's intertwined with a lot of emotion. The reason you don't go to your family or talk things through with your family and often need to go to uh, an unbiased third party, whether it's a ideally for me, it's a therapist or a mental health person is they take the emotional fog away from it Mm -hmm. and just suss out what's really going on. Every conversation you come to with family, you're bringing the hat of the role you played in the family. So I might be a grown woman with kids and a husband and all the things. When I go back home, I'm wearing the third child hat among siblings with every issue my family has never resolved, which every family, there is no perfectly resolved family. Well, there's also the thing, and it's true with close friends, too. When you point out a red flag or you point out a problem you're having, it's there forever. So if you're not prepared to walk away, then, you know, three years later, well, remember, they said this, or it it can really color everything. You know, sometimes things that feel like a big deal in the moment aren't necessarily worth mentioning to those people. Yeah, it's kind of a perspective. And I think you got to draw some boundaries, though. Like, I don't want my mom in my marriage, or honestly, or my sisters. Right. It's one thing if you're bringing them some regular low-level issues of, uh, you know, um, Max doesn't close the drawers. He doesn't, you know, he's driving me crazy because he didn't do this. If you're working through real issues, do not take those outside of your relationship until you're ready to invite everyone into your relationship. Mm -hmm. So I tend to think that I, I would be curious to know how long Chris was in this relationship I believe communication is usually the crux of everyone's problems. Um, But I do think you should maybe mention to your family that you want to give it a shot and then keep them out of the day-to-day, you know, rifts that you experience. 
All right. I think that makes sense. And um, yeah, I mean, I've been in that position where family members have talked to me about or I've expressed my opinion about people's relationships and um, solicited or unsolicited. Uh, probably more unsolicited. Yep, that's what I thought because I know you. But in the end, I was right. So there you go. It happens. All right. Wait, can we really quick flashback? Sure. I say I don't take my issues out of my marriage. Yes. Do you remember the binky? I I didn't want to say it, but yeah, go ahead. Tell the story. So every pregnancy I had, it and anyone that's gone through pregnancy with a partner knows, like that was when we always hit rock bottom. The emotions were flying high, you know, all the things. We had a fight over the color of a binky, like a pacifier. Yes. And I was furious. And this I, is you and Max, by the way, not yeah. you and I. And yeah. did I call you or were, were you calling for work? I think Something I, happened. I think I was in your office. I think this was in person. No, this was on this my was on bathroom floor because okay. I remember bawling. Okay. And I was in my Brooklyn apartment. Somehow, I don't know oh, if you yeah. innocently walked in based on a work problem. Mm-hmm. I got on the phone and I un. Like, I just unloaded. Yes. And I was bawling, and I thought you'd have advice because you have daughters, and it was about a pink binky versus a blue and mm-hmm. an accident. It was now looking back, it's the point you're making, how some things seem really big in the moment, and yes. they're so not. I laughed so hard at this, and you're like, you know what? I think you need to calm down. Maybe let's just relax. Like, I yes. I felt looking back, I'm like, you're a friend, but you were my boss. No, but was, you, you had a bit of a complete mental meltdown. M- complete To the meltdown. point where the marriage was over. The marriage was done. Everything was over. And then I remember it was the next day, I think, that you told me you were pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was like a week later. It was, it was like a week later, and you're like, so I'm pregnant. And I was like, oh, well, that'll help. <laughs> so are we back together, or are we just going to have Glad the to baby? Yeah. Oh, my God, I remember that so much. But I've never forgotten whenever I look at those little <laughs> memes, the binkies, I think of you and that breakdown. <laughs> you know, it doesn't even fall into the top ten of breakdowns, breakdowns. from hosts that I've yeah, had to deal yeah, with. Yeah. So. Possibly not even my ten. No. <laughs> I do love Max. Oh, my God. I know you do. And right. I think that's why I also feel safe when you know people like Aaron is good to go to. Is She doesn't she's not the friend that says he did what to you. She gives me life perspective. Yes. And I love that. You're the same way. I know you care about Max. So you're not like, well, death to him. No. You're like, you know what? I don't know if you're right here. Just need a little perspective. Just and a, take a step a out for a minute. Big dose and, of perspective. Yeah. No, but that was the 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 quick from my marriage is over to. So we're having another baby was an interesting way to go. And I think and, I was even yeah. crying going, apologize to Heather. I'm sorry I took you. And I was, yeah. oh, God. It was great. Uh, all right. Well, thank you for joining me, Sarah. <laughs> As always, a roller coaster. Um, tomorrow, I'll be back with Sunny. In the meantime, if you have a question or want advice from me or a co-host, please check the episode description for the number to our behind-the-table hotline. And I promise you, we won't tell you to figure it out yourself. Thank you for listening. If you have a moment, please leave us a message, a review, and uh, tell your friends. Thanks so much. People who disappear without a trace. Where is she? The most notorious murder cases in New York. Pure evil. And the most devious killers. There's a Hannibal Lecter feel to him. For chilling true crime stories, follow the True Crime NYC podcast wherever you listen.